2: Welcome to the mouth of manliness with me, Nick Noyes, your resident gobshite. Um, I just before we start, I need to do a big shout out to uh, Wergi Productions, who is very, very kindly offered to produ- he's producing all my podcasts for me. I can't believe it. Uh, he's polishing the turd that is me, so it's amazing. Uh, I can't thank him enough because I know he'll listen to this. Thank you, Wergi. Um, And I have the wonderful guest, um, Nicola Clark, or Nikki. Is it
3: Nikki? Yeah, Nikki
2: Clark. And, um, I mean, uh, Nikki is the founder of My Black Dog, which I'm an ambassador for. And you would have all heard me talk about My Black Dog. Um, I also put My Black Dog logo on all my comms now. So there's a little dog logo on everything. Um, Yeah, welcome, Nikki. Thank you for coming on.
3: Nick, Nick, what a fab, fab evening to spend with you. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh,
1: I'm it's so special. pleased.
3: And we were just saying that we've never met, have we? Not no. in the flesh. We've never, never done that. And we we're supposed to have a lovely ambassadors meet up with all the other my black dog ambassadors, and um, and then and then and then something happened. I don't know some sort of virus, you know.
2: Some weird shit.
1: Anyway. We
3: I are.
2: was so gutted about that, I was so, so gutted, because uh, I think what I want... Um, so I was messaging Eddie, going, you going? Yeah, you going? Because I don't want to go like, not knowing, he's like, yeah, of course I'm going. I was like, oh, right, all right, maybe we'll have a few drinks or something beforehand. And then um, I did some stuff, artwork for Fable, so I messaged her and I was going, are you going? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm like, oh, cool, right, all right, I'll know a couple of people and I was thinking, oh, I might even dress smart. You know, like I never dress smart, I never, <laughs> And I was kind of really excited and I looked the place up on the internet and I was like, it really lovely. Nice, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna dress up. And I thought, I really wanted to meet the singer from Embrace as well. because I used to, you know, I'm a massive Embrace fan. So I was really excited about that. But yeah, it didn't happen.
3: It was so sad. We've got such cool cats involved with My Black Dog, don't you think? We've got a cool bunch, haven't we?
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: And, and uh, I was so psyched to, to sort of see everyone and sort of talk about My Black Dog and everything. But you know what? We're doing it anyway, aren't we? We're doing it anyway. It's all fine. And if this is the way we have to meet, then this is the way we have to meet.
2: Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm really used to Zooms now. Like, I've done, like, what, this is like my 15th podcast. I've really just been getting them in the bag recently. Every wow, time anyone's wow, wow. got a minute, I'm like, You got an hour? Well, right, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. And I've just been getting on with it.
3: I know, well done. Because yeah. uh, we, we were supposed to have our we were supposed to do this last week and yeah. um and I called you and said, I feel like shit and I can't do it. So which is what which is what happens when my black dogs get you and Monday, uh,
2: yeah yeah, exactly, and like it, it, yeah, I'm always going to be understanding to that because I'm like God, you know that. That's one of the worst things about uh, depression, really, and like mental health problems is it makes you really fucking unreliable at times.
1: Yeah,
2: People get the right up about it? It's Really not conducive with work. Work don't like unreliable mental people like me. Well, I know, and I was having a real, I
3: was having a real shitty day of it, and I was in a, I was having a few tears. And a friend of mine called and she said are oh, you all right and i said i've got to do this podcast and i'm a bit of a wreck and she said isn't your podcast on mouth of manliness don't you think he'd understand <laughs> and i went yeah you probably would actually <laughs> but you know i just didn't want to. i felt like i don't want to let you down i really was excited about it and i thought i just don't want to let him down i have really i've been excited about getting on this podcast it's been amazing and and now I just can't do it. And what if I say the wrong thing? And what if I do this? And you know, it was, you know, you know how those thoughts come in and they just gulf engulf you and you just, I, I couldn't physically do anything that day. And she went, why don't you just give yourself a break? So I went, okay. And I, and I, and I contacted you and you were an amazing star as always and said, yeah, no worries. So it's fine, but I, it's just amazing to me how I got myself all het up about something that was so easily fixed, and you know it was no problem. But I just took myself down that day. You know, I was so worthless that day. I wasn't worth anything. It was, yeah.
2: I mean, uh, you just kind of highlight one of the biggest things, isn't it? It's like with, when when you're not feeling good, like everything becomes an issue, and it's all like everything's just telling you you're shit. Takes you right down, and uh, and like it just starts snowballing until you're in bed. You know, it's so true. Like that happens to me all the time. So I was totally cool. I'm not...
3: yeah, and um, and you were so brilliant. You're like, well, let me know if you want to talk. And sometimes you do want to talk, don't you? You just want to get rid of it and like, oh, get it out of me. Like, oh, yeah, I want it to go. But I was in that mood where I just said, I want to shut the world away. So that's what I what I did. I just shut the door and I just was zoned into the net, zoned out really, with some like mindless Netflix for a few hours. And just kind of turn my phone off and it was it was brilliant actually it was like a little reset button um, but I really needed it um, because sometimes you feel like I just need I really I, I'm gonna explode I need I gotta get this off my chest it's too much and sometimes it's so scary to, to talk to other people or you don't want to talk to other people or whatever it is
2: well that's right it's um, quite often that like I say to people like, Look, if you want to talk anytime and um, very uh, it's not, I never really has <laughs> anyone ever taken me up on it and then um, and I know what I know what that's like because yeah when you're in it you don't really want to talk about it which is mm-hmm. weird it's counterproductive because uh, I find um say so, like if I'm going through a bad a bad patch quite often I will ring up uh, Peter Khan my counselor my therapist and um, and I'll go look can we just have like an hour session at some point and then we'll just and he would just go and he would just tell me all the things that I know. You know, like I know that I'm going down routes that I've gone down before, and it will remind me um, why that's not a good idea. And then I'll be like, I forgot. You know, like I just, it, it just went for a while, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Fucking madness, madness. Okay. So, should we start with uh, telling everyone what my black, black dog is? Uh, mm yeah your words really because i describe it and um sound better from you
3: sure, sure sure um well my black dog is a charity that i founded well a couple of years ago i came up with the idea and the reason for it is because well i've had depression my whole life so and i've been around the system into so many counselors therapists i've tried 101 ways to try and beat that and i've sort of you know I'm, I've I've done it. I've sort of gone through gone through it, and it's been okay. But a couple of years ago, I had a really bad situation. I had a really traumatic event that happened to me, and I was I had PTSD, and then I had night night terrors, and that led to anxiety, and then obviously that all crashed in, and the black dog he just came back, and he it was overwhelming, and I could not breathe i couldn't i couldn't function it was it was a really rough time i was actually given beta blockers for my heart because i was so anxious all the time and so he gave me these to calm my heart down because i was in this sort of fight or flight response yeah it it was awful it was a really really rough time and um and i what happened was is what happens to a lot of people is that i went to my doctor after after a long time of considering it but I knew I was unwell Mm -hmm. so I went I've got to go to the doctor I've got to get some medication because I'm going to hurt myself and I'd already hurt myself a bit and I thought I'll do it worse next time so I thought I will go to the doctor and he gave me some medication and he said okay I'm gonna I want you to get some counselling and I got put on a list and I was on that list for about eight weeks and I was desperate you know I was in a real Jam. And if I hadn't been through what I'd been through my whole life, I might I may not have made I might not have made it yeah. But I I sort of hung in there with my eyelashes <laughs> Hanging on with my eyelashes kind of hoping to see someone and hoping to, to talk to someone Because I didn't want to talk to my family at the time because I didn't want to upset them And yeah. my sister my sister was having a baby, you know, her first baby, and it was a really joyful time and I thought, God, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that, and because you know, that's what the black dog does—it it tells you don't, don't ruin stuff, all right? You're crazy, don't ruin it. And then I didn't want to speak to my friends because I thought they were sick of me, and I thought they'll leave me because I'm not fun anymore, and they won't want to hang out with me. And you know, I should, to be fair, my friends are nicer than that; they're better friends than that. But again, the black dog.
2: Ryan tells you, though. I, mean, I, I, I love the fact that you say that because people don't realise that, you know, like. Yeah, why did, your mates are like, why didn't you talk to me? It's because my brain was saying that you're sick of me. You know, yeah. like, you're so in that, like, every, you're so crap, you're so rubbish, and no one wants to know, and like, your family have had enough of you, and that kind of thing. And they don't realise how isolated you become.
1: Oh yeah,
3: yeah. 100%. And I, I was scared of contacting my friends, and i put on this big face and be like, yeah, I'm cool, everything's fine. No, I'm all right, and even though they all knew, they all knew I'd had this terrible thing happen and they all knew and they were ready and there, and there to help me. For me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me. It's something, it's something desperately stay away from me. Anyway, so I was in this situation of pushing away friends and family and I finally get to see a counselor and I sat in this counselor's office and um, I think I'd said something really appalling. Like I don't want to live anymore. And they said, and how does that make you feel?
2: yeah it makes me feel brilliant I love
3: it (laughs) oh mate listen to me I mean I can't fucking get off the floor I mean come on how do you think I feel I just told you I don't want to live anymore like it was I mean I laugh about it now but at the time it was I was so it was awful and I looked at all the qualifications you know all these stacks of certificates framed all around the office and I thought look you're highly qualified but it doesn't matter what we talk about in here because you'll never understand how i feel yeah i felt just desperately alone and it was one of the worst moments of my life i think and i didn't want anyone else to feel that i didn't want anyone else to feel like i can't talk to someone i i just wanted to talk to someone who who got it who understood me and that's why i started my black dog because i wanted to connect people to other people who've been through it so they could speak to somebody who really got it who really understood because i would have given my right arm to have someone go oh i understand i've been through that as well but nobody had nobody none of my friends you know my family you know this counselor the doctor nobody understood me and it was that misunderstanding that made me feel so bad i think
2: yeah it makes you feel really really alone doesn't it Yeah, that's kind of why I always reach out to people, because I'm like, uh, you know, you can talk to me, because like there's, there's nothing you can say that's going to scare me, you know, like, I, you, know, you say you want to die, and I'm like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly how you feel, I've felt like that most of my life, you know, uh, and it instantly... I feel better,
3: I feel better talking to you, I do, it makes me, I don't feel so alone when I talk to you.
2: Yeah. That's what I mean. So, like, yeah, you say something, you said, I uh, uh, said something awful, like, I don't want to live. No. And for me, that's, that's most of my life, you know? That's like, that's not, not kind of scary to me. Um, and if someone says, oh, I want to die, or, you know, I keep thinking about suicide, I'm like, yeah, but, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you're alive. You're here. You haven't done it. So there's a reason, you know, there's a, uh, so you, you, you want to be alive even if you don't know it so so uh, I totally agree though like, that's why I really dig it that's why I really like my bad dog because I, I just think yeah just talking to someone who goes yeah yeah I know um, this is what I've done I have, to, have you tried this maybe you could try this have you yeah. tried these different things have you thought about it this way rather than someone a counsellor just kind of making you feel judged, it's really difficult because quite often, I, I've been through loads and loads of counsellors and, um, you know, I might get lucky one in 10, you know, um, and then you get one who's kind of like, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're with you. Quite often with counsellors as well, it's like they will stick to their field of counselling. So uh, there were, some counsellors won't ever share anything um, all they'll do, uh, they barely ask any questions, you know, like they don't engage with you particularly. Some counselling is like, no, this is CBT, so we can only do CBT. And you're like, right. but I need, I need empathy as well, you know, I need a person to kind of to tell me it's all right, you know. And you don't get that often with counselling, it's odd
3: that's true and that's often what i found when i'd had i had years and years of this of going through various counselors and going through them you know it was ridiculous how many i saw and i always felt that disconnect every time i was there and look don't get me wrong ther- you know i'm not going to diss therapy it really works for some people it really does but it never really worked for me because i never i wanted an, a solution so yeah. i i wanted to go go in there and be like okay i feel broken how how can we fix me like i don't feel like i can live anymore how do we make how do we make me want to live and they kept going or oh, what what do you think or what how do you want to deal with it and i was like well you're just saying what i said to you back to me why is this helpful and i i was so frustrated and it just made me feel worse and i would you know just cry out of frustration more than anything because i just wanted someone to go oh fuck yeah it's shit um yeah do you know it's going to feel shit for a while i when i was in the dark hole this is what i did and I, I would love, I would have loved that in any one of my counselling sessions, but I never had it. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think it's really simple, a really simple solution to a very complex problem is that this empathy. Because, you know, empathy is really powerful. You know, it gives you, it gives you an alliance, you know, it gives you someone else to kind of walk through with with it. Um, sympathy, pff, not so much, like no one w- wants to be felt sorry for. I know I don't. I never wanted to be the sad kid in the corner. I mean, I always was, but I'd never wanted to be that person. I always wanted to be the fun person at the party and, and you know, the fun girlfriend and, you know, the, that sort of party all night person. But I wasn't, I was, this, you know, I was a depressed person. I, I mean, I am, I, I have depression. Mm. So I can't be that person all the time. And um, it would have been nice to have an ally in that. And not kind of had to put on a face, which we all do, but to sort of plaster on this face, at least to let let that masquerade go just for just for a second, would have been just such a relief.
2: It's strange, isn't it? Because even as you were saying, like the people closest to you. I think it was only really a couple of years ago when my wife really it clicked with yeah. her. You know, and she was like, "I don't want to lose you." I don't want you to die. This is really serious, actually. I didn't realise. Um, and then and before that, I thought she was kind of had empathy with me. Um, but I think she was just just kind of almost, not in a nice way, but kind of just kind of going along. Yeah, and then one day she was like, you need right. to stop working. You need to stop. Everything needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. And then I was like, ah. Suddenly, I felt so much more relieved because, like, oh, yeah. wow, like, she's really life-saver.
3: honestly, lifesaver,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was at that point, it really was. I was that was probably it's weird because you think, like, well, like you, I've had it all my life, and um. Uh, often I'm like, ah, oh, that must have been, that was the worst time. And I'm like, oh, but what about that time? <laughs> what about that, time? <laughs>
1: that
2: worst time?
3: It's like the history of horrors.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had a million fucking rock bottoms. So, let, let's go back then. Um, because, uh, unlike most people, you're like me. You've had it, most, like, pretty much all your life.
1: Yeah.
2: Most people I speak to, um they, don't. they, they yeah. don't
3: i mean and that's 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 great because i think inflicting this upon someone for a lifetime is a terrible thing mm-hmm. um some people you know it's funny about mental health some people some people assume you only have it for a small amount of time and they go oh you know they had a, they had a bit of a, a thing yeah. a couple of years ago but they're all right now yeah. it doesn't really work that way it's that these things linger and they carry on and maybe it's not as bad as it was but it'll still sort of be there and for you and I it's going to be there forever it always has been and there are some people who have to live with these things continually and that's another reason I wanted to do something about it because when you get given this counselling from the NHS it's a magic six weeks that's what you get you get six weeks and then it's like all right back to work and you're like but I'm I'm just all over the shop. I don't know how to get back to real life. I mean, it's probably been a real, it's probably been a real pain to go to these sessions anyway, because they're always like of a Thursday afternoon at three o'clock. Like I'm supposed to be at work. How am I supposed to explain to work? I've got to go to this counselling session without explaining to everyone about my mental health. I don't want to do that at work. You know, I'm a private person. And so you you've made some elaborate excuse about physiotherapy, and you've gone on a bus bloody miles away to go to this session. And then you feel like a wreck afterwards, you cry on the bus the whole way home, I mean, the whole thing's a nightmare. And then it's like, you've done that for six weeks and you've got to go back to work. And I just don't, I just don't think it works that way. I just think people need more support. Yeah. So I wanted people to have a resource they could go to, to chat to someone anytime for, you know, for the, their whole lives if, if needs be. And hopefully my black dog will be around for lots of people's whole lives. And you can chat to someone, you know, whenever you want. And I I think everyone should have the right to that.
2: Yeah, so. I, agree. I agree. And it takes people like you and I to go, I've had enough, <laughs> except like, if no one else is doing the same about it, then I'll fucking do it. You know, like I, I yeah. want the world to be like that and no one else is doing it. So I've got to be the world that I want it to be <laughs> kind of thing.
3: Yeah, it is a bit of that. I did I did get sick of it and I did get sick of being judged for it for a long, long time. You know, you know that awful feeling when it's be- it's beautiful to have someone who understands, like it's so amazing to talk to you. But then you get a you get an odd fish every now and then where someone takes it really badly and you don't you don't know how people are gonna react. And look, there's a lot of chat about mental health now, isn't there? We're like talk, 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 talk to someone, talk to someone. What if you speak to the wrong person? Because you must have had this you speak to somebody and they react very badly and they judge you severely for it and then you get this awful hairy kind of situation where you're like oh my god they think i'm crazy and they they're like oh my god how do i get away from this person
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and it's it's really obvious and it's really if you know it's painful and then you and then it's like i have a mini crash every time that happens
2: um, yeah it takes yeah. you back down quite a lot doesn't it because it's like you've you've put yourself out there uh, and then it just confirms everything your brain's telling you that you're yeah. shit and it's like oh yeah right yeah, so I definitely yeah. am shit
1: yeah
2: <laughs> so when did you first when what was your first experiences then when did you first kind of oh yeah I'm just curious and that like I can remember um quite specifically. When I started to feel different, that um, like I was in, I was, I always say it was, it was around nine. It was when I started to feel like I didn't match up to other people, um, and uh, and start to feel incredibly self-conscious. And then that always that ties in with puberty. Um, and then as I've kind of gone on my fucking mental health odyssey, I kind of understand why I was like that. Um, but yeah, around around nine, I, I remember just kind of like, I couldn't ever find the right, like I put something, I was constantly changing my clothes, just really, really self-conscious. And I went into senior school and that, it just ramped up massively then. And then I was like, oh, mate, I'm, you know, I felt, then I felt really shit and I felt, and it that was, yeah, pretty much stayed like that. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot better nowadays, but it, yeah, it's taken a long time. So yeah, but how was it for you?
3: Oh well, I think probably like I mean, when I was a kid, I always felt like the black sheep, and I always felt a bit odd. And um, and there was certain jokes that flew around about oh, you're a bit of an odd fish, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I suppose looking back on it, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it, and there wasn't anything noticeable. That had happened but I do know when I was at school I had a terrible time I think when I was about 17 I had um, I mean and I mean it probably goes way back before then it's funny that you say about changing your clothes I used to change my room around the whole time I was always moving furniture constantly moving furniture because I said to my mum I wanted to look at things in a different way and it was I mean she thought it was odd probably because it was a bit odd and so it may have always been a bit of a funny duck in that way. But um, no, when I was 17 and when I was at school, I was an insomniac and I just didn't sleep. And I had a psychiatrist I went to and I went to the doctor and he put me on a bunch of pills, you know, that wasn't really safe at the time. I was on a bunch of medication that the doctor had given me that the school hadn't agreed to. and My parents hadn't agreed to. And then a bunch of sleeping pills. And yeah, I was just awake. I, I mean, I and I remember I lost time. I remember I lost a couple of days once because I didn't remember what had happened. I I'd been a, I'd been awake for so long, and from what I I thought I remembered me in my pajamas trying to go to bed. And the next thing I know, I was walking to class with a schoolmate, and I did had no recollection of how I got there or got dressed or got up. Uh, but it was two days later, so I don't know if I was functioning for those two days or. If I was kind of there but not really there, or
2: uh, that's got um, yeah, I know that one. I, I I still have that occasionally, maybe not as bad, but I um, oh, a term for it, you know um, what you were saying about like your family jokingly saying, "Oh, she's a bit different." Yeah. Uh, I I had that. Um, I'm like the only boy. I've got two older sisters. Um, my uh and i was always kind of told that i was a big girl's blouse as in you know like that just made me you know a baby i would get up sex sensitive and yeah. I'm and, so it,
1: sensitive, yeah.
2: and it took me like a lot <laughs> longer to realize that that's where the damage was done you know it wasn't any big thing but that all the time and then yeah. feeling like my sister, and I was unwell a lot as a child, so not realising that, you know, I was sickly so that made me separate and then being told those kind of things like you said, yeah, it seeps into your brain. So you're like, what? so what's wrong with me? You know? It's really similar actually.
3: I don't, you know, I do. It's funny though because I think, you know, there were the odd comment, those odd comments that are said, were always said in like joviality and in kindness they weren't you know they weren't meant to be anything but i think the person that told me the most that i was something wrong with me was me i always said to myself you don't you're a bit funny you don't deserve stuff you're too ugly you know you're the outsider. And I was a very I was very critical about my appearance as well. Still am a little bit and would use that quite as a huge weapon against myself. So if anything went wrong, you know, that would have been normal, like, oh, I don't know, I broke something, Right, like kids break something. Then for me, I would go, well, only you would have done that. Only you, you ugly little shit. Nobody else would have done that in the family. Everyone else is brilliant. But you, you fuck up, aren't you? And I, I, I did talk to myself that way for a very, very long time.
2: I um, I have to kick myself up the ass like, every day. I was doing it to myself earlier, um, at like, lunchtime. I was doing exactly that. And I was like, and I was a child again almost. And I'd say, what the fuck are you doing, Nick? Stop it. Like I was doing exactly that and I still do it. Um, but I have much, much better controlling it now. But that it, 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 everything you're saying is exactly the same as I did. I did, I did all of that. I was massively self-critical. But I, I can see where those seeds were sown now, you know, in those early little comments, in those little things. Um, and then as you're um, getting older, you start to kind of self-realise. And, okay. and then you can... And then all those little comments all come into play. You know, like, they say, you know, I'm fucking. There's something wrong with me. I'm shit.
3: Yeah. Well, when I was before, actually, now that now that we've opened this up, I'm thinking about before that when I was about 15 at school. Um, some girls at school called me a psycho for quite a long time, and they were like, "Oh, she's the psycho," and um, yeah, and I and I remember it really clearly because obviously, you know, that was just normal. Then wasn't it? You just Yeah, go, oh, you're a bit of a psycho, and you just take it on the chin. Like you'd never say anything like that now because we're so we're so woke about it, aren't we? But you know, at the time, um, I just took it on the chin. And I, and I just thought, yeah, you are the weird one. You will never have what these girls have. You won't achieve anything because you are a psycho. And I think I think about that a lot now. Like that specific sort of bunch of girls, and I and I worry in case I bumped into them. What what would they say about me? What do they say about me now? I, now they can say, oh, we always knew she was a psycho. And now look at her. She starts at a mental health
2: charity. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, fuck you, I started a mental health charity.
1: Yeah, I am a oh, psycho.
2: But what it's I do. so true, those little comments, you know, like, um, like it's it's amazing. So I'm a probation officer. So I work with a lot of various people who have committed some horrendous crimes through my, the years of work, and yeah. many, many, many like a disproportionate amount of them were bullied.
1: Yeah,
2: they were either bullied by their family, you know, there was abuse or whatever, or they were bullied at school. So yeah. they then go the complete other way, and show them I'm not going to be bullied. So they become fucking dangerous. Um, and and like some people do that, and then some people do what you and I do is we go we internalise it, and we. Yeah. Go, yeah I was thinking that anyway you've just confirmed it
3: yeah well we're all a product of our experiences aren't we at the end of the day and it's just more kind of the way you read into it is the it either takes the power away or it gives you the power yeah so if you can if you can take it and go okay um you know I mean it, it is quite I've been in a situation before and I was getting on quite well with someone and we were having a good time at a party and they said what do you do and i said i run this mental health charity and they said why And i said because i have depression and it all went prickly and it was so awful i just and i took it so badly and then i thought actually i feel a bit sorry for you like i feel a bit sorry that you don't know how to react like this is 2020 get a grip
2: yeah you know? or some kind of fear
3: yeah it's like it's really antiquated it's it's like you know just for... <sighs> Get over it already. We've all got mental health problems, all right? Some of them are really bad. Some of them are, you know, passable, but everyone's struggling. And especially right now, we're in this clusterfuck of a situation. Everyone's got, you know, problems with their mental health. And and I remember thinking at that party, oh, come on, like, come on. You really you really don't know what to say to me? I'm just a person. And I, and I, I felt sorry for them, I really did. And it, that's probably one of the first times that I turned it around, and I didn't put it back on me, and um, and it felt felt pretty good.
2: Yeah, I um I kind of made the decision when I just before starting the podcast really that that constantly turning it in on me was the problem. Yeah, uh, and I was like I'm not fucking going to do it anymore Like I had some grief at work and that had all made me feel bad about myself and I was like I'm not fucking going to do it anymore I'm going to tell the world I don't give a fuck who knows I'm not ashamed of who I am I will not be ashamed again and now like if someone did that I'd be like right, see you later and I won't bring it back on me anymore and I you know like there was just this point where I was like this is killing me you know, this is fucking killing me. And I've done nothing wrong. You know, I've suffered my whole life. Um, and, like, I'm the one who's getting hurt. I've done nothing wrong. I've got an illness, you know? Like, it's not my fault. No. So I refuse to fucking take it anymore. And it's been a bit of a revolution for me, really. You know, like, just that, no, I've got an illness. And I can't help it. You know, and, like fuck you if you're, if you've got a problem with it. I'm like, I always kind of see myself in terms of like, it's a disability, you know, if I've got this, if I had an obvious disability, you wouldn't say it. But believe me, this is a disability. This has been, you know, it's plagued me. You know, I, I, I've got no, no, you should be saying, I'm so sorry you have to go through that. You know, and I still have it. It's funny, I had it with my family um a while ago when I kind of, when we first started and they were like, oh, you shouldn't talk about your dad like that so openly. And um, and I was like, what? So, you know, like, so everyone's got the up with me because <laughs> someone else has caused me to be ill. It's like I'm the victim. Fuck you. I have got no reason to be ashamed. Everyone yeah. else, you should be ashamed. You should be saying I'm sorry, not, oh, I'm sorry, dad. You know, I was like, no, bollocks. I'm not having it. And I, I just, that's it. And you know, if people don't like it, like fuck off. I really don't get it, is, I won't have it.
3: All this judgy, judgy yeah. shit has to pass. I mean, just get over yourself for a second. Yeah. Do you know, and also because people don't realise how absolutely desperate it is to battle. And we battle every fucking day, if not every hour. And it is a battle from the moment you wake up to make it through the day. And you have to fight harder than everyone else because the obstacles in your way are that much bigger. A phone call, a Zoom call, a meeting, getting in your car, brushing your teeth, getting out of fucking bed—these things are insurmountable obstacles. And the fact that you can get through them and do that is amazing. Yep. And this is what I think about the volunteers that we have, because as you know, all the volunteers have been through their own mental health struggles, and they, at the end of the day, have come back and they want to help other people. And for me, that makes them absolute legends because they want to do that and for me they are incredible fighters and they are beautiful people and i think anyone who wants to judge them oh I'm, I'm, i'll fight their corner you know i will yeah
2: yeah i, I kind of like i always uh, i say it all the time but i see like my mental health in uh, almost in terms of uh, an addiction where you've always got to be working on it you know like if someone's always avoiding the drink i feel like i'm doing that with the black dog you know, you're always kind of it's always there, and it can always take over. And um, but I've got to be working on it all the fucking time to keep it at bay, and it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting because I, like every few months, I'm like I just crash out. Like I'll have two days in bed. Like at, at the weekends, like I, my wife is so good to me that she let me kind of I'll have a good twelve hours sleep of a week. You know, like friday and saturday night sometimes just because i'm exhausted with this internal fight that's always going on it's fucking tiring as hell because you're fighting yourself no one realizes that it actually wears you out it does it wears you out like you wouldn't believe
3: i know you look in the mirror like you again all right let's go
2: <laughs> yeah i went mean, I, I kind of end up having an argument with my doctor and saying, right, I need to see a psychiatrist. I saw a psychiatrist when I was like in my um, like mid teens and um, the psychiatrist was great. And then he got, he put me on to, um, I used to have to go to the mental health hospital to see someone every week. It was awful experience. Um, and then I was like, well, you put me on there before. Right, I want to fucking see a psychiatrist. I'm not leaving until I see a psychiatrist, until you refer me. And the doctor was like, Well, he's only going to give you uh, different pills. And I'm like, well, yeah. So even that would be all right. And, uh, And then when I saw a psychiatrist, they were like, they went through their kind of checklists and they were like, are you always exhausted? And I was like, I have been exhausted since I was a kid. I've been exhausted my whole fucking life. And he was like, and do you ever find like you just kind of lose time and like, yeah and he we just went through this list of things and i was like yep 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 and it was the first time anyone had almost had said like yeah that's because you're real you know like that's not because you're lazy because right. everyone always said oh you're lazy like my family always would infer i was lazy and like and then one day he was like, "No, you're not lazy. You're just not well."
3: And I was yeah. like, "Oh, man. It's like a massive relief!"
2: Yeah, yeah, huge. Absolutely. That was the game changer. That was when I was like, "No, I'm really ill." I kind of knew I was ill, but then they were like, "They said um, because I uh, was depressed so young, um, they said I had borderline personality disorder." Which I, I I think sometimes um, I might hit the symptoms, but not always. Yeah. Um, they said that because I was depressed so young, I went through the kind of changes through puberty uh, with depressed eyes, as in everything shit. There's no point in anything, and I am fucking shit. There's no point in me. Which meant that um, my that kind of becomes your personality. That's your world view. And they said. And it's quite, not many people get it that young that that's what happens. And then then it started to just all make sense. And
1: I'm like,
2: this all fucking matches up. It all (laughs) matches up. And they were like, we can give you this other medication. And the doctor had and said anything about this medication. Add the other medication, and it really pulled me through. And then they gave me um, psychotherapy, which is like, it could last for years. I'm still doing it now and uh, and it is it's like you really get the person digs into your life and you get to understand your life and it's not six weeks it's like you can do psychotherapy for 10 years yeah and suddenly it's like oh I, I think I get it and I really feel like now yeah. I'm getting to the point where I'm like I might stop psychotherapy soon
1: oh really
2: yeah yeah it's weird because I think like some days I'm like i've I fucking got this and like, I feel like that more often than not over the last year yeah especially the last year had a few knocks and the knocks haven't made me lose it you know they haven't taken me down like they used to and yeah. like I'm responding to the knocks in a much more rational way, suggests that I'm kind of getting there.
3: Yeah, I love that. Um, For me, with the knocks, now that I'm getting them, I had one this week actually, somebody, oh, it's embarrassing actually, but I will tell you, it was was an online date, right? And somebody said, what do you do? And I said, I work for a mental health charity. And they said, which one? And they found out it was my black dog. And then they obviously had gone on the website and were like, oh, I don't think this is gonna work out. And I was like, oh, like, they read all the stuff about me and they know that I've got depression and they don't wanna date me. And I was like, oh, wah, wah, for a little, And I thought I was, I was a bit sad, to be honest. I was like, oh, they've clearly gone and found out some stuff about me. Mm. And, and then I was really embarrassed. And I thought, no, do you know what? Do you know what? If you looked on the My Black Dog website, You'd see Nick, you'd see Eddie, you'd see Gail, you'd see Kate, you'd see all these amazing people. I was like, this is the My Black Dog crew. And yeah. we're really cool, right? Yeah. Like, you've got some wicked people. And I was like, do you know what? No, actually, you should be lucky to like, hang out with us, we're awesome. And I think that me having these blows lately is because I've got such great people behind me. And I really mean that, like I, I feel so honored to have so many people supporting not just my black dog, but me personally, and just going, oh, cool, well done, good for you. Yeah, go for it. And that's been so nice, because never in my life has anyone ever, they've been like, oh, you're too sensitive, or, you know, go and get some counselling, but don't talk about it, you know, kind of that sort of stuff. And now everyone's like, go oh, on, trumpet it out. But yeah, I did, that knock was easier this week. I would have taken that really badly another time.
2: And also, like you, it, like, you know, you're going to... No relationship is gonna work if someone's not like on board or has some understanding. So it's like, well, actually, weedled it out, nice, done. Well, exactly.
3: You know, it's kind of like this is me, kind of got to take it's kind of what I am, it's what I do and it's who I am and it's I live and breathe it. So get on board with it.
2: Yeah, that's that's me. I'm like, no, I can't do anything about this shit, so you're either with me or you're not and I'm not gonna feel bad about it
3: not going away it's gonna get a lot hairier than this
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so over the years then so um you said like when you we were 17 it's kind of was when you started to really kind of see it
1: yeah
2: and it started to really hit home
3: yeah i did um yeah so that was and that was a really rough couple of years actually i just had a terrible time with insom- the insomnia was bad um, i mean uh, it's mad you go absolutely insane. Like, I didn't know what I was saying and who I was and half the time and I just didn't know what was real and what wasn't real.
2: That's and what I meant to say. I had insomnia as well, and I had insomnia until I was um from I, from really young actually. <laughs> I, I never used to be able to sleep well from quite a really young age. And then um um I only Sort of like I used to kind of never get to sleep till about four o'clock in the morning. Those hours in the night, they're fucking torturous if you're not well. <laughs> they're the worst, aren't
3: they? They're awful because everything has become scary as well. Like everything is so terrifying. You're going, oh my God, I've got a face tomorrow. Oh my God, tomorrow. And you know what? Everything becomes hard. You're like, I've got to get dressed. What do I wear? How do I put clothes on? I, I, I can't bear it. And it just it's so overwhelming, isn't it? Everything becomes huge.
2: Yeah, and that anxiety that you're not going to function well the next day anyway, and then you think I'm going to fuck everything up. And um, yeah, the only thing that cured my insomnia was having children. Cured it overnight. Fucking cured
3: it. for <laughs> that.
2: They just wore me out, and they still wear me out. Like, I awesome. sleep really well now. Um, oh, awesome. Good job, kid. Yeah, 12 years ago nearly twelve years ago next month was the day that I was cured of insomnia but it was also um pretty much the time my mental health went my mental health really turned again. Oh really? Yeah. It was traumatic when we had my daughter and um yeah, my mental health really I had a few good years in there. You like know when I met my wife I wasn't very ill at all. And then I, I yeah, I had my daughter. And I think there's all those things where you're like, I don't feel connected and I don't feel, this doesn't feel like, I was hoping when you're a depressive, you're hoping for something to save you. Yeah. And, and I was hoping that children, having a child would save me and give me purpose. It would um, give me a point to be in a life, And it didn't. It really didn't. And I, I say this to people and they really struggle with it. Because they're like, oh, I just think everyone thinks, oh, what a wanker. Selfish? Wonderful.
3: <laughs> I don't because I get it because I, I mean I don't have kids actually, but it, it, I know that I I find life in generally quite invaluable. Sometimes I mean sorry, not valuable. Sometimes I find life to be really like oh, I'll take it or leave it. And yeah. some people go, but it's life, you know, grab it by the balls, and you're like, no, take it or leave it. I don't really want to do it. It's a shag. Um, and then like happy occasions like weddings and whatever, I'm like now take it or leave it. I'm not bothered you know like all the joyful things you're supposed to be joyful about like someone getting married or like a baby being born or i don't know getting a promotion i just for me it's just met with numbness i'm sort of like i don't yeah sometimes i'm happy about it sometimes i'm not so i get where i get that i mean even your own life isn't like you're not even joyful about that
2: no no yeah yeah i don't experience a lot of joy i never really have. um like i could be happy-ish now but you know like uh, i find uh, on the occasion when, it, when everyone else is feeling happy um is when i'm most critical of myself so everyone else is happy say like we're on a date. um everyone else is a lovely time my wife's going this is brilliant and i'm like why don't i feel like that you know like why don't i feel like that what's And then I start thinking, why don't I ever like anything? You know, and then you start kind of turning in on yourself and I have to go, no, 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 no. Look at the sky, isn't it nice? You know, like I have to do those little things to kind of try and pull it around. And it is, it's like, oh, you've had a baby. Why are you not happy? It's like, yeah, why am I not happy? What the fuck's wrong with me? It's hard, isn't it? (laughs) It's fucking hard.
3: and then, you know, you've got to try and fight it. Then I, every now and then I go try and, try and hunt for the joy. So I'm like, w- where's the joy? Everyone else has it. Where, I want it. I want it. And yeah. then I'm sort of like, I'm like that little like shy kid on the outside of the disco. And everyone else is like fucking excited. Their hormones are popping and they're just like all jacked up on Coke, um, Coca-Cola. I don't know, maybe Coke. I don't know, how yeah. old are these kids? And I'm like this sort of chubby 12 year old just standing on the side being like, I'm never gonna be happy. You know, it's just tragic, isn't it? It's fucking tragic. But it's like, I'm doing it now as an adult in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never grew out of that, like that sad little
2: 12-year-old, Yeah, stuff. yeah. You know, in a strange way, I think we, that like, I'm certainly the same. I remember when I used to go to clubs with my mates, like, and we used to go to like like Indian <laughs> alternative clubs, like go up to London and things all the time. And my friends would all be going out trying to get girls, and I was always where I had such a low opinion of myself. It's like There's no point talking to any girls; they're not going to want about know me. And I always felt like that. Um, and I used to, my mates would all be copying older girls, and I would be sitting there. Um, I used to like make little people out of fag packets and things, and uh, and I, so it's really so that was me all the time. The only thing that kind of changed that was. Drugs and alcohol, right. so that that pulled me through for many many years, um, because uh, it made me a little bit more confident. But I used to have crushing lows afterwards. But uh, it would make me the kind of life of the party. But I was such a bitter person because I was still like frightened of women. You know, I was frightened of girls. I really was. I was always was. I'm not. I'm not now. But. Like, that's fairly recent, really. I was always really... I, when, I, when I met my wife and we got married, it was like, oh! Like, all of that anguish just suddenly was like, I don't have to fucking feel that anymore. That was really cool.
1: Yeah. And
2: that's what I liked about growing up as well, It's because it was like, I can leave all of that shit that hurt me so much behind. Um, but yeah, I was always... I was the same. I was that guy... That, on the corner you know like you see an American movies, sitting on the bleachers who hasn't pulled anyone and it's like I never used to think I'm a right geek or anything but I just didn't have any confidence and that was causing my depression yeah saps your fucking
3: it's terrible yeah and um and you say so, everything's so raw all the time you know the smallest little thing will just send you flying backwards it's so raw isn't it I had a great response to that the other day. Somebody was like, "You're so sensitive," and the person I think I saw on a show they said, "You're so sensitive." And they went, "Yes, I still experience feelings. Thank you." <laughs> I thought, "Yeah, that's right, actually. I just have more feelings than you."
2: Yeah, yeah, I just feel things deeply, but yet yeah, I don't feel joy. <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? It's like I feel all the negative shit. I feel all that times ten. You know, like, but. You know, everyone else is having fun, and like, I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck's wrong with me, why am I not having fun? That was, that was like, my teens, right What happened to my 30s, really, was
1: Yeah.
2: everyone else having a laugh, and then like, I'm sitting here thinking, you're really shit, because you don't yeah. even know how to have a laugh. Everyone, like, you go to yeah. clubs, and I just used to desperately want to go home, but I thought, I can't, because I've got to try and be yeah. a human.
3: Do you, you ever go to parties and then you're like, you've got to stick it out because something fun must happen at some point. And then you're like the last person at the party. And you're like, I should have gone home four hours ago. And this is worse than I than ever. And I should have gone. What a nightmare. Now I can't get a cab and it's too late and it's cold and all my mates have gone. That's me.
2: Yeah.
1: It's female failure.
2: Um, yeah, more often than not, I would be the one going trying to plant the seed of doubt in my friends' heads. Like, yeah, we should fuck off, shouldn't we? Yeah. (laughs) Because I I was just like, I just want out, because I'm not really enjoying myself, and everyone else is. And then, because they are, it makes me feel worse about myself.
3: (laughs) So having fun, for Christ's sake.
2: Yeah. It it makes (laughs) you lock yourself away. For years, I locked myself away, really. For many years, I kind of... It's funny, because I still managed to Like, I played in bands, and like, I did some great things. Um, so it it's really weird because I hated myself and I had no confidence but I still would go and do things like do things that required confidence I think what I used to do was um, sail off the back of someone else a lot mm. so someone else is up there doing it and they're like do you want to come and I'm like yeah and then I'd almost just sail behind them um, feeling awful about myself but I'd do it because it's like someone else is going come and do it
3: so I just do, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's Sometimes you need that though. Like you just need someone to go. Can you can you come with me? And just come with, and you just need someone to, sort of, you know, take your hand and take something. Because like, of my own accord, I wouldn't go to a lot of things. Yeah. But if someone came to my house and picked me up and took me with them, I'd go to probably ten times more things than I do now. But it's just psyching myself up to get out of the house. That is the hardest part it'll take a few glasses of wine and me sort of pacing around for a fair amount of time and then and then I might go, okay, just go, just go, just go, it's fine. And then, you know.
2: <laughs> oh, I still have that, though. I still have that. It's a
3: nightmare. I hate it. I do it all the time. So this is, why, you know, this this social distancing thing is actually, in some ways, quite good for us introverts. Because <laughs> I,
2: I like it,
3: yeah. Go to anything.
2: Amazing. Yeah, no pressure. You know, like, your mate rings up or texts you, you can have a chat and there's no... Oh, all right. Would you want to like go out next weekend? It's like, yeah. Like, I haven't got to go for that. It's brilliant. But I still do that. I still do it. Like, I go want to go and see a band I love, and I'm still talking myself out of it right up until the point. Like, you know, I'm up and I leave the house, and I have to kick myself up the arse to do anything really, anything social. I do.
3: I should share this with my friends really because they'd get me out more if they knew this. I reckon. If I said, look, I. I can't get myself out of the house. Can you just come and get me?
1: Yeah.
3: And then I go to loads more things with them because I bottle it a fair amount. I'll just go, I can't deal. I'm not going.
2: Yeah, I really have to kind of force myself not to bottle it on things. Um, I, I tend to find um, I commit to lots of things. Um, right. Even if it's just like doing podcasts, it's like I commit to it. And then I'm like, I can't let people down. Because if I let people down, then I start going in on myself. Because I'm like, "Well, of course you let down. You're a piece of shit," and all Last that.
1: week, yeah.
2: And then I'm like, "No, I'll commit to it." And then, um, and then I'm much more likely to do it because I don't want to let anyone down. Because you know, you just feel shit. And then, um, but then I do go through periods when I'm not that well. And then I let everyone down, and yeah. like, I can't say, "Oh, I don't," you know, it's like, oh, "My wife's not feeling well," or like, "The kids aren't well." Uh, another good thing kids are kids are good for they're really good for excuses
3: oh my god and how many how many excuses do you need like I I'm such a BSer I will I'll be like oh, I'm spraying my ankle can't come yeah. like, oh, I don't know my my neighbours. Flags on fire, or you know, anything. I will tell you anything to get out of stuff, it's terrible. And I've had to come clean now because people know what I do and what I'm about. But I've got some really good mates, and I'll just go, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a mess and I can't come. And they'll, they're very kind. Some of my friends will go, Do you want us to come to you, or what can we do? And just then doing that is so beautiful and such a, I'm so lucky to have them. But there's some, most of the time, I'll go, Nothing, I just want to be alone. But a couple of times I've got some pretty relentless friends that will just come round anyway. And even if we just sit and watch TV, it's, it's all right.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I've not really, strangely enough, I haven't really got many friends like that, really.
3: No? Well, you got me.
2: I've got you now, yeah. And that's good. And I don't, it's, was, it's Since I've kind of come out as being mental, um, my life has got so much better. Right, I know. i all, all these new friends and got like loads more support, and I feel better. That's yeah. why I'm, like don't don't shy away from me like, I am fucking mental and proud, and I don't care anymore. And and I, it's my life has got has improved dramatically. It's quite insane, really, how, how much better I am just for being like out. You know, it's. It, it, I'm out
1: of the closet. I think the secret
3: wears you down a bit because you are lying a lot. I mean, we're really good liars, aren't we? People yeah. with mental health are really good liars. I mean, we'll tell you anything, we'll do anything. I'm a, I'm, I'm a very good actress. I'm quite good at sort of pretending things are okay. And um, fool a lot of people for a long time, I think. And, um, and it feels quite nice not to have to lie to people anymore. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of just want to be me. And that would be really nice if, you know, I could just be me. And just, just do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of validating as well. Because you're like, if you're just being, if you're being honest and you're being who you are and people still like you, you're like, I can't be that bad then. And here's a good one for you. Here's a good one. And I, like this is especially, I hope that you can take this. You can't be, like your brain is telling you your shit all the time. And I told this to someone else and it like, really ringed true and then they told it back to me and i have forgotten. Um, And I was saying, like, you can't be that shit if you're doing all this good stuff for other people. It's, like, it's not feasible. Like, you can't be a shitty piece of crap if you're being so lovely and selfless for other people. How can you be shit? You can't be. It's impossible. You've wiped it all out. You've, you've like, you're too far that way to be that way. (laughs) And I'm, like, and now I'm, like, yeah, I can't be that shit because I'm trying to help people with mental health. Like, all right, I like showing off, but it's like, so you can't be that shit because you're doing so much good things for other people. It's just, it, it just doesn't weigh up. Okay, good. It's good to know. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, you can't be shit. But how can you be shit? Like, you know, if you were like a doctor, you can't think, oh, I'm shit. I'm like I'm saving people's lives every fucking day, and you have to remember, my black dog will be saving people's lives. You know, it, it's saving people's lives. But like, when you really think about it, and you think about in this, like how where we have been in our lives, like having someone to talk to saves your fucking life. You know, it, it's it's that tenuous sometimes, and you're like, yeah, I'm saving lives. Can't be that bad, can I? But actually, I'm fucking good. actually i'm fucking pretty fucking great that's what i think
3: i know yeah it's funny what you're saying about tenuous and it being that because actually just having that chat it is is the difference between going i want to finish things today or i want to do things tomorrow
2: yep i think um for me more often than not it's saying something out loud to another person It doesn't, quite often, it doesn't really matter who they are. Um, If I say what's in my head out loud, I go, as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. I didn't mean all this. You know My wife will be like, what's going on? You're not yourself. And then I'll say it aloud and and I don't even wait for her to reply. I'm like, oh, fucking being stupid, aren't I? Oh shit! I'm doing what I've I got. Like I'm like a teenager again, and then I realise that I've just been. You know, the verbalising is often all I need to do.
3: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Super powerful. I mean, it's terrifying to do though.
1: Yeah. It can be, like.
3: Credit people for that because, you know, one of the one of the main things that we have in my black dog is that people just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And we are saying this all the time now, aren't we? We're like, talk, 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 talk. And it's like, so, yeah, you know, sorry, but what? You want me to reach into my soul, drag out the rawest, messiest, terrifying things in there, and then, like, show them to, what, my best mate? Like, come on. That is a fucking big ask. Like, what a, I mean, we say it to people like it's easy. Like, talk, 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 talk. It's, it's not. So I admire anyone who can just go, all right, just say it. Just say it out loud. Do it and because and it, it is amazing to do because it does yeah. like, oh, woo! It's
2: like, it's like yeah. getting getting a, a, a gin out of your body it's really uh like i uh when i'm really not well um i i know when i'm really not well now i kind of learned it um i start thinking about things like murder and like you know like really terrible shit and stuff that you can't like you can't go I'm thinking about killing everyone you know like you can't say that to anyone and I'm like but I do you know I've never killed anyone so it's very unlikely it's gonna happen but like, I know when like if I if I start that train of thought I'm like, I'm starting to be unwell right I need to go and be honest in psychotherapy rather than you know just have a, a light session I'm like I need to have a really honest right yeah. because I'm going to say loads was really terrifying shit right now.
1: It
3: is terrifying. Like for me, it's like quite a lot of rage. Sometimes I just get so mm. upset about things and frustrated. More in things like, like, just things like small things. Listening to Trump, I get to fucking rage, like a real full blown rage. And there's no stopping me. And it's, um, and it's hideous. And I think, oh, oh, maybe you need to tone it down a bit. I mean, it, I mean, it's just Trump. Calm down. Everyone's annoyed by him.
2: I think um, I get that, um, and I where I am so kind of placid, and I'm I'm very frightened of like physical confrontation. I'm very frightened of it. Um, where I'm so placid, I've never let out. My anger, anyway, you know, like blokes go and have a fucking fight down the pub, don't they? And um, I've never done any of that. I've and I don't do any physical stuff because I'm so self-conscious. So I, I never, in a kind of appropriate way, let out that anger. So I kind of, I, you know, like depression breeds this certain bitterness that your life isn't isn't like everyone else's, you know. And that turns into anger and rage, and it doesn't go anywhere. I tend to have it in my dreams, um, and then sometimes I have repetitive thoughts, like, you know, murder everyone kind of thoughts, and that's where my anger goes. So, you know, like, you get that anger, but I've got no outlet like other people do.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So I have to be really fucking aware of that, because once that, like, it is it's like this kind of inner bitterness, it's like, why? why have my life been so shit and everyone else's isn't. It's fucking hardcore.
3: Yeah, it's hard. I mean but the more you the more you talk about it and all you work through it, the more you see the path.
2: The yeah path you, path. you do. Yeah. You totally do. And and you also um I I found earlier like now um my kind of automatic thoughts aren't negative anymore. Mm. before though like, my automatic thinking was always negative. Now I notice that they're they're just not they're not where I've been like so fucking on it for the last two years, been so on it, like I'm constantly pulling myself up mentally, no, no, that's not true. Actually that's good. Like just through repetition, it started to I don't go negative straight away anymore. Fucking weird. And it's really weird.
3: Yeah, but it's just probably because you've been, you know, that repetitiveness of the negative you've been doing your whole life.
2: Yeah.
3: Over and over and over and over again. It's like part of your DNA now.
2: Yeah. And
1: then
3: and now you're you're flipping it around. You're probably, you know, you're becoming different. You're just a different person.
2: Yeah, I do. Like I do quite often think I'm not the person I used to be. Yeah. I really, really have changed so much. Um, yeah, like my life is quite. I mean my inner life is quite quite different. Loads of little things though. You know like someone will just say something and I'll be like ah. You know like you know your brain's not in your brain's not in charge. You know I'm like ah. fuck. But like my thoughts just thoughts that I don't have to like I, I could just ignore them. It's like yeah. Yeah. You know, like, all these little nuggets have really just, um, are they, they're the things that come back to me when I start going negative. I'm like, uh, it's just my brain trying to protect me. It's fine. Fuck off, brain. You're all right. And now I'm like, yeah, I won't. Get out
1: of here, thoughts.
2: Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see my thoughts as being real particularly. They're just, um, like, I decide whether I like it, whether I want to go with it or not now. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, I felt really negative and I was like, no, 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 this is up to me. I've decided I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. And it yeah. works for me now, but it's taken a long time.
1: Oh, it's, it's really
3: hard. It like it's like taking a lifetime's habit not turning it around.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we might be depression twins. So yeah. so similar, yeah. Seriously, like, consider me an ally. Call on me. Seriously, because it's really like it's not. It's very. I, I've not really come across anyone else who's kind of had it as long. It's quite rare.
1: When
3: I spoke to our mutual mate Chris earlier, he said, yeah. "Um, you and Nick should should uh, work together and be called Nick Nick, a <laughs> <laughs> little depression twins."
2: Yeah, yeah. I think you. Uh, he liked you. He was telling me. He was like, oh, she's really nice, isn't she?" <laughs> I met her yet, mate. you met her before me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've got a little uh, admirer there. Yeah. yeah, I think you have.
3: <laughs> well, not everyone judges me on my mental health, clearly, so that's good. I know.
2: Uh, Chris knows me, so he knows what it's like. Right. Gonna have to wrap, wrap it up. We've
3: been chatting for a while, haven't we?
2: Yeah.
3: I've loved it. Thank you yeah, so much. I've
2: loved it too. I've lo- it's so lovely because, as I say, it's really rare when someone's like... Been through it in the same in a very similar way, so it's really rare and it's kind of like you know like, you're like ah, it's not just me. i like, very I never really get that kind of like I do little bits but not so much. So I'm fucking. Like,
3: I'm I, I actually feel really I feel good now. I feel yeah. really good. Talking yeah. through, yes. But anyway, it's been a pleasure. It's been it so. Is. So pr- I'm so pr- happy to have you as ambassador as well. I Super proud to have you
2: on board and,
3: yeah, here's to the road ahead, right?
2: It's one of the proudest things for me. It, like, you know, it's like I tell my nan and my mum, it's like, wow. You know, it's like something I've been really proud about. So thank you so much. It, it kind of like made me feel like I'm, everything I'm doing is right. the world to me.
3: We've got some good times ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. The of this is a mouth of This is a mouth of